Empire. Hello and welcome to my podcast. Today is part two of my conversation with Nikki Jabala of the Washington Post and J.P. Finley of NBC Sports Washington as we discuss what it's like covering this franchise. The genesis for this, I heard an Ohio State podcast, you might be surprised I listened to this. It's called Buckeye Talk, and they discuss what it was like on that beat. It's one of the biggest in the country, maybe the biggest beat collection of beat reports in the country. Now, they went for four hours. I'm only going for 25 minutes. I don't have that kind of stamina, but I thought you might find it interesting. You can follow Nikki on Twitter at Nikki Jabvala, J-H-A-B-V-A-L-A, and you can follow JP at J.P. Finley NBCS. You can read my work on ESPN.com. You can also watch the three of us and NBC4 every Sunday morning during the season at 7.30. If you didn't hear our first episode, we answered five burning topics that fans had. Give it a listen. One thing to make clear, I hope you don't perceive any of this when we're talking about some of this stuff as complaints. One time I had someone tell me, it sounds like you hate your job. I don't even remember why he said that. You know, it could be, could be he had a bad day. I don't remember. It could be he didn't like the answer. Maybe I was more blunt than he liked. Um, maybe it was, there were some negative things going on. I don't know. But I'll say this. You simply can't work the way I do. You can't get up on a Monday morning before 6 a.m. to rewatch a game to, if you don't love it and cover this franchise that has been bad bad or mediocre or whatever for so long and you you folks know it as well as anybody without loving what you do the extra hours i put in you don't do it if you don't love it bad days yep of course every job tough ones yep ton of stress absolutely i lose a lot of sleep over what happens on this beat and there are a lot of times that you question and doubt yourself for many many reasons so it's a constant constant quest for either perfection or to write the perfect story to beat this person that person whatever but there are so many positives that it's hard to keep count. So when you listen, listen, I grew up loving football and I've spent my entire life in football. So when you listen to this, you need to frame it with the understand, with that understanding. And I do think it applies to all three of us because I know Nikki and JP well enough to know how they think. I don't want to speak for them, but I know what they put into it and you don't do it unless you love it. Anyway, just wanted you to know that. So here you go. Here's my conversation with Nikki Jabala and JP Finley about life covering the Washington franchise. Well, I wanted to talk about life on the beat because I think this is kind of a unique situation here. And I heard, I listened to Ohio State podcast. You guys might be shocked to learn that, but they did talk about life on that beat. And I thought, well, you know what? I think it'd be interesting to talk about life on this one for a much different reason. And so I have Nikki who came here from Denver, been here a couple of years, which I think in, Washington football team years is about equivalent to about what, 14? JP, how long have you been here now covering the team? I mean, kind of since Robert, but full, full time was 15. But you're unique because you grew up in this area. And, you know, and so you're in a unique situation. And then there's me who can't leave. And if I do, Nikki is 14 years equivalent. I'm up, I'm pushing about a buck 50. So yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, it's something it made me, it's probably more than that. I really don't want to know how long anymore. So anyways, but I am curious and, and Nikki, because you did come from Denver and you came, you've been around more than I have and JP, what was your expectation for how this beat was? What did you hear and what has it, has it been about what you thought or more or what? I heard some horror stories. 
Um, but I also, I also heard a lot of good things about Ron Rivera. Um, and I thought, you know, this would be a really interesting time because if it's going to get better, it's probably going to get better now. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I just, you know, knowing what it was like covering a losing team for, you know, four years after Peyton left in Denver, um, I kind of knew what that was like and how it can kind of be a slog and, you know, and get a lot of the same things. And amazingly guys don't like talking to you as much when they're not a Super Bowl contender. Um, you know, so it was, I felt, I, I felt like I was well-prepared coming in, just knowing or just dealing with what I did in Denver, but yeah, I had heard it was kind of, um, kind of a circus to put it politely. <laughs> has, has it been, has it been the circus you anticipated? I mean, a lot has oh, happened so. in two years. Well, I mean, I never anticipated like a lot of things happening that have happened. I think that has been pretty wild. Although, you know, I, I saw from afar, like the start of 2020, I thought that was, you know, just so much going on with the team, but in all honesty, like I, I really enjoy covering this team. I, I there, it's something different every day. And I like, I love their PR staff on the football side. I th they've been great. Um, so that is that I've actually really enjoyed. And JP, for your perspective, because again, as somebody who grew up here and now is covering it, um, what has it been like for you? And then since the time you got here to now, has it changed? We don't have to sugarcoat it. I not only grew up here, I grew up worshiping this team. Right, right. You know, like I don't think you get into our line of work if you're not a huge sports fan. Correct. And you know, this was the team this is where I grew up and I caught the very tail end of their dominance. And I, and I think that 91 season, you know, I was nine years old. I think it made a dramatic impact on my life, you know, covering this team and particularly this team, I think really influences your ability to root for them. Um, but you definitely get to know the players, root for players, root for storylines and all that. As far as covering them, I mean, it's, it sucks. My, my wife jokes, my wife's a lawyer, and she often jokes that I do more legal stuff than she does <laughs> just as part of this. And just the stuff we've seen over the years and just the the cycle of like every three, four years, there's some nuclear bomb that gets dropped. It um, it wears you down for sure. But it's also like it, we're also in a major market with a ton of eyeballs and a passionate fan base like all of those i, I yeah, bet that's the, great. jaguars reporters would love for people to be mad at them yeah. you know what i mean yeah. uh, and i i love it I, I you know like when i got the radio show job depending how things went i could have probably stopped doing as much of the beat stuff but that's mm -hmm. not what i wanted to do um because i love it so much um and, and one day <laughs> i'd love to cover a contender um, <laughs> I'm laughing because, you know, it would be interesting to cover that, but in fairness, I've only covered him since 1994. So, you know, maybe, maybe I just haven't been around long enough. Well, I mean, what was the best team you saw 99 or Oh four 99. And I think, I think the 12 team could have been because yeah. of Robert's impact. Yep. And I, I would say this, that was the most fun I've had covering this team. Because of Robert, there was a lot of energy around this team. Because of Robert, um, the the offense was so unique that it was fun. You know, like I like to go back in and dive on, in on film and all that. 
And it was fun to watch how defenses played them different every week and how they adjusted. So every week I was like excited to get to the film on Monday or Tuesday to watch and see how, what, what did it look like this week on there? And so, you know, and Robert was such a magnetic personality, but, you know, and just from my perspective, JP, the reason I have enjoyed, like, I mean, I've covered this team forever. And to Nikki's point, she brought up the PR staff and how helpful and all that. This franchise has been, has had a lot of good people to deal with over the years. I think it'd be a lot harder if the PR staffs had been a certain way or the coaches had been a certain way. And the players, I think by and large, it's been a good group to deal with, which might surprise people, but it, there's a separation between that group and then ownership. Um, and at the end, like, I don't want people to listen to this and think that we're complaining about this. Specifically in the other category too, because as, as much as I enjoyed Tony and Jay, like any time you had to deal with Bruce was just a train wreck. Correct. And, and that had a large impact on everything, but I, I totally agree. I mean, there, dude, people often, I get this question like, Oh, you know, are the players jerks? Players are great. The players, have, the players have always been great to me. Like I've always enjoyed dealing with the players. If, if there have been issues, it's, Honestly, it's never been with them. Right, I agree. Oh. And and that's and, and that's what I was going to say. Like, you know, it's funny because it were, last year, I think it was last year or whatever, maybe the year before, where people would come up to me in the press box and say, God, I feel sorry for you. They have to cover this. And sometimes you sit there and think like, and I do, you do get worn down by the all the other stuff. But at the end, I just always say, I'm right. I don't care if it's a good team or a bad team. I'm going to football games for a living and I'm talking to like, I love talking about football and I'm talking to football coaches and players for a living. So covering a bad team is still better than most anything I would do. You know, Nick, I mean, Nikki, did you, when you were in Denver, was that, did you, I don't remember how long you were there. Like, did you cut, you were at the end of the paint run, right? Right. I started a 2014. So his last really good year and then the Super Bowl season right after. So you have, so since then it's kind of been straight yeah, drop. There you go. <laughs> but do, do, you, do you look at this as a unique market in the way things are covered because of just all the craziness that's happened? Or do you look around the league and say, well, maybe it's, it's bad, but then maybe it's compares to over somewhere else. I don't know. Maybe the Jets or something. Um, I, I don't want to, I don't want to frame it as worse. I, I just as far as more stuff happening, happening. Yeah. there's way more happening with this team than any other team. I mean, Denver had a lot going on too. Denver is a different market because it's people underestimate how competitive that market is because the Broncos, they rule that whole region. Like the Rockies could be good. The Nuggets could be good. All anybody cares about are the Broncos. Even when they suck, all anybody cares about are the Broncos. So there's a ton of competition. There were, you know, practices, there'd be at least, you know, 20, sometimes 30 regulars there. Um, so just getting like daily transactional stuff, you're going to fight hard for that. And the team has um, a lot of partners um, and they, you know, like most NFL teams anymore, they, they prioritize those. So um, you really got to fight for, you know, the, the news you want to get and you really, it takes time to kind of build your, um, build your sourcing and, and figure out kind of how you want to cover the team. Um, so by like year five, six, I mean, I kind of built a, a niche for myself. Um, but there are some similarities, like the ownership stuff that I dealt with there definitely prepared me well for, 
you know, managing both off field, on field stuff that you got to deal with. Um, the competitive market helped me a ton coming in here because you can get stressed out easily if you, you know, you're just starting and you're like, oh my God, I can't do all this. I don't ever feel that on this beat. And I think it's because of my time in Denver that just kind of set me up well, you know? And for all that you just said, you know what I heard? You you pronounce it niche. And my son and I always have this, this debate about, is it Mitch or niche? And he's a niche guy. I say niche. So I, I will tell him that you said Your niche. son's right. Well, that's, that's not the first time, but you know, the other thing, and, but you know, it's funny because in JP, like one thing I've always liked here is the passion of the fans. And, and I know that there's quote unquote, this erosion of the fan base, the passion I still think is there. Um, and it may come out in different ways, but I still think it's there for you. I am curious though, because you are in a unique position where you are a team partner, but yet, you know, you're not afraid to criticize them on the radio or on social media. What kind of blowback do you ever get from that? I'd like to start by telling the world it's 5, 16 p.m. and Nikki's drinking a giant cup of coffee. <laughs> Cheers. <laughs> I, I mean, I've definitely gotten pushback. I, I mean, you and I have talked after some phone calls I've gotten, John, and there's some some legendary moments about phone calls I've gotten. But um, what I've learned covering them, even when it was Bruce, and Bruce and I didn't always see eye to eye on things, as long as you stick to the football side of things, like if I'm pointing out how bad you are on the field, that is completely within bounds. Right. That's or that's the job, right? Yeah. Like and you can't I, sugarcoat it. No. Right. Um, you know, when things get personal, you get calls and stuff, but I've never, tried. I mean, I really don't think I've ever personally attacked many people. And it's something I think we all try to avoid doing. Yeah. Um, it does get interesting. And I feel like this is like, not for I mean, just the post is the post, right? But like the lines of like straight reporting versus like analysis versus like predictions, and now being on the radio, especially where people take things you say and kind of run with them, like that line is blurred so much. So, I mean, I try to really like delineate when I'm actually reporting something versus when it's like something I think could happen. Like, I mean. I don't want to date us, John, but we're doing this on the day of the draft de- or the trade deadline, right? right? And me, I'm sure, like you two, saw this Trubisky nonsense floating around on Twitter. Yeah. And I knew it wasn't real, but, like, I couldn't definitively say it's not real. Right. Like, I, I was like, hey, I checked in with some people. They told me they think it's BS, right? And I know that to be BS, but, like, you do have to kind of choose your words carefully. Um, right. But, I mean, the blowback – is about it happens here and there it's it's happened specifically on specific instances um but in general it gets to a certain point where like if they tried to push back now it would look worse for them in a way right right right. and you know the the other thing too and the one of the things i do want to ask you what you guys feel is the biggest challenge covering this team and i sometimes for me it's just to stay sane because so much stuff happens but sometimes in an odd way, you know, first of all, like I think people always assume that reporters root for the worst in a situation, which isn't, which I, I just, I want a good story at the end, but in a good story right now, a different story would be them actually winning and doing well, but also I want to be relevant. I want people to read me. I want people to listen to me. I want people to listen to this podcast. And if they're a disaster every year, 
maybe there's a week in there where it's like, oh my God, there's all this traffic, but the rest of the time it's going to be, you know, radio silence. I like to be on Sports Center. I haven't been on Sports Center in a long time. You know, I can't even get the 3 a.m. Sports Center anymore. But, right. you know, but, but there is like, so there's sometimes too where you find yourself talking to people like, I've never talked to this group of people, these attorneys, congressmen, you know, last year it's, it's culture experts, for God's sake, marketers, all that stuff. So there's a uniqueness to it. But there's that challenge that you can find as a reporter that maybe can be a little bit, I don't want to say energizing, but it's like it's its different. I mean, that's that was one of the things I did like in Denver, but it's also it was kind of the path I, I chose is I covered m- more ownership than the other reporters did. So I like I learned a lot about trust law, <laughs> but that was fascinating to me. That's that's why I got into sports journalism, because it's it's kind of a window into everything else. Like you get to cover the game, you get to cover, you know, personal interest stories, health, business, science, general news. I mean, no other beat. Do you do you get everything like that? Um, and I mean, I, I love it. I'm, I'm with you. It's I, I root for interesting stories. I don't want to say this is like cold hearted, but I don't care if it's good or bad. Like my job is to just report the news and be accurate and fair. Right. Um, and I, you know, yeah, you want your stories to be read and, but more importantly, you want it to be right. And that's always right. been my biggest thing is, and that's, that's where I have the utmost respect for, for JP because it, it is a hard line to tell and it's it's becoming harder and harder because even you know news reporters kind of you blend opinion with analysis and reporting and um you know most reporters are kind of becoming that do-it-all reporter on multiple platforms because that's where the industry is headed so it is harder and harder and like jp has always been honest and you don't always find that with like you know especially you know people on that are working for team partners because it's it's hard um so kudos to you jp Um, i largely agree but i hate the legal stuff dude like if i never have to i'll be fine like i just because maybe part of it is i'm like a softy i don't know but like by and large when we're doing something legal it's because one one of the we covered did something stupid or, or something awful happened. And like, I just love to not deal with it. Um, but Kyle, you said something earlier that is so true to me, man. The thought out there that we're negative and look forward to like breaking the negative news and, and telling the bad stories is just so bananas because like, like Nikki said, like our job is to report the news. And when the news sucks, that's the job. Right. But like, you want to be on SportsCenter, you you want clicks, you want a million downloads on this podcast. Like, right. there's nothing better for us than this team going 14 and three, and the only debate being, do you think they could lose in the NFC title game? Like, I dream of that. Well, you know, I, you know like, you know, I like to again, go back and watch these games, and it, when they're if they're two and ten, it's a little bit harder to do that, and not just do it but to say, why am I doing this? Well, because. <laughs> One day it's going to matter that I see that, you know what, look at how Sadiq Charles is sitting in this pass pro. Look at his hands and how much better they are or they worse. That's what I like to do is part of it, but it is the job. And 
And it's not so much, even with the legal stuff, like what people, you know, again, I'm not crying, oh, poor me or anything like that. Because again, oh, no. I love, I love this job. I could not be in this job for this long covering this if I didn't love it. But when there are those situations, like with the DEA or the leaked emails or who leaked the emails, I spent a week on the phone for about 10 hours trying to figure it out. And how many stories did I write off that? None. But that's what I had to do. And it led to me like on a Thursday night, I'm getting calls on this. And Nikki, you guys know this, like, you know, you get a call about this guy being, or, you know, placed on administrative leave and it's a Saturday night and, you know, you've maybe you've had a glass of wine or something and you've now you've got to react. That's right. where, but that's, I think that's, I don't know if that's germane to hear. That's the life of an NFL or, or a reporter in general. There's no, nine, there's no nine to five. You're always on call. Um, but I, I do, I do think kind of along those lines, like, um, the notion of neutrality has kind of been lost over the years. Um, and it's always viewed as, I don't know, it's kind of viewed as a bad thing. Like when I was in Denver, like I used to get so many comments from people like, why aren't you a fan of the team? You should be a fan of the team you're covering. No, I was actually taught the complete right, 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 right. Like, like I, and I'm, I'm not, it doesn't mean I hate the team that I'm covering. I'm neutral. I'm here just to report. Right. Um, right. When you put out, when there is, like, if, if I say, like, I like Scott Turner's play calling in the third quarter, half the people will call you a fanboy. You know what right. I mean? Right. Yeah. No, it's it's just, yeah. So it, like, it goes both ways. And it's like, we are trained as journalists to not, don't be fans. There's no cheering in the press box, Right. right. Um, but we don't root for negative stories. We just, we just report happen, right? what we see and what yeah. we learn yeah. and what we know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. And that's like, that's how, you know, and you just, you want interesting stories out of it. And, you know, and sometimes if they are constantly losing, you're writing the same story. And then the other thing is because of social media, you're going to feel the toxic, the, I shouldn't say, well, maybe it does get toxic. Social media yeah, gets yeah. toxic. It, it definitely is. And you're going to feel that. And it's not always directed at me or you or you, but it, you feel it. And, and there are times I really feel, I feel bad for the fans. But on the other hand, there's some times where it's like, it does get like, you need to step away from toxicity. Mm -hmm. I'm ready for this bye week. I'll tell you that, man, to, to like not have a, another, like to make this a five game losing streak. I don't know. I, uh, it maybe, I don't know. Maybe the, the one thing I miss the most though, and I, we've all everybody feels differently on this. I don't think we're ever getting it back. It's just being in locker rooms. Yeah. With the opportunity to like yeah. talk to players where it's not transactional, where you're just yeah. BSing and, and chatting about like sneakers mm -hmm. or Netflix or you know, milkshake, like whatever, like just interacting as humans, man. And, and I I feel like that was some of my favorite parts of the job is just getting yeah. to know people kind of beyond their stat line and, and it, don't get me wrong. This year's way better than last year. And, you know, ideally it keeps improving, but I think that has made the job way harder because it's just, it yeah. takes away the, the, the personal relationships. Well, you know what, the, along those lines too, and what I've noticed is you have new guys coming here and I'm going to use the Bobby McCain thing. I was it after the Atlanta game. Was it, which one game was it where he, you know, like when we start doing something, write it, whatever. But part of me was thinking like, if we had been the ch had the chance to be in the locker room talking to him, maybe a guy like him or other players understand where we're coming from because they have a relationship. All they see us now is as these 
a bunch of faces out in the crowd. They don't know us. And so like, I just wonder, you know, it's, we need to get to know them, but they also need to get to know us and our approach right. and like, and how we ask questions and why. Yeah. And I, you know, I, I always try to like, kind of think about what it's like for them. I mean, I can only relate to them in so many ways. Right. But like, if I'm, you know, if I got to talk about my day at work and I don't know this person, I haven't seen this person. I don't know what they're about. Um, I don't know what their motives are. Their agenda is why should I trust you? And that becomes harder when you don't have that FaceTime. You can't have those, those small interactions, like JP said, that, that add up over time. You can, you get a sense for who that person is and how they go about their job. And, you know, if they're, if they're looking to just get clicks or, you know, they, they want to do a thorough job if they're around all the time. I mean, that stuff matters and it's, it's hard now without it. It's hard for the players. It's hard for us. It goes both ways because, you know, they don't, they don't know who we are. So, you know, if we're all new, like I, I get, they don't, why should they trust us? To me, I, I feel like as a reporter, I have to earn that from them. And it's harder when you don't have the FaceTime. Well, and the funny thing is JP, like from about two years ago, when we were last in there, you and I have been around long enough. There aren't a lot of players that we really probably know who would know us in person. I mean, it's, it's flipped so much. Um, yeah, I mean, hell, even the coaching staff, John, like, right. I mean, dudes, and, and here, let's be honest, uh, the three of us, they all know who we are. Like they're right. brief on, on who we are and, and what we do and, and the outlets we work for. Like they know who we are, but I, I think the McCain thing, particularly a guy that was released in Miami comes to DC. That was what their fourth game. Mm-hmm. He had never personally interacted. I'll only speak for myself. I had never shaken the guy's hand, said hello, right. anything. And I, I think one thing that is important, and I'm sure we've all had, is like if players see something they don't like, they see something they don't think is fair. And now it's like they see it on Instagram or they see it right. on. Or, or they see it in the paper or wherever they see it, they, like they can say something to you because you're in the locker room. And I think, you know, you it, it it's a little of an older mindset, but like why columnists would show up in locker right. room so players could and coaches could be like, hey, man, that wasn't fair what you wrote. Like they don't have their kind of counterbalance of being able to say anything to us. And, and I still think McCain's comments were wildly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree with that. But like – he, he had no opportunity to ever talk to us about something he didn't like anyway, you know? So I don't know. I, it, it, I think it, it could create more of those situations, but I think sadly what it'll create more of is just guys opening up less, just kind yeah. of being guarded and, and that's not good. I, I just think it feels it's, it's them versus us, that mentality. Yeah. And that's, I don't think that's not our job. That's not what right. it's not. The media is out to get us. Like I, listen, I got that, better things to do than like, <laughs> you know, go after you guys. Like, you know, it's just our, we're trying to do the job the best we can, just as they're trying to do the best they can out on the field. Right. So right. I, I feel like we put in, in Ashburn where it's not the big podium where they're sitting down and we're all sitting down. I think that side podium has such a better vibe to yes. it. Much more like old scrums and locker rooms. Yeah. And I feel like just that little 
barrier going down helps. You know what I mean? And, and if we had had that during- Isn't that a row of cameras behind them that they have to be perfect in front right. of, yeah. It feels like, right. it, like it's less formal, much less formal. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, and I, I guess we could probably wrap up on two, like, you know, what are, do you have any pet peeves with this beat? And I know like we've probably all talked about, there's the internet sleuths and the people who put things out on the internet who they don't have to have accountability for it. We do because we're professionals, that's our job. That's one thing that is always, it's always tweaked me because like I said, I mean, somebody might put it out, it's like, well, if they're wrong, if they put it out 10 times they're wrong five, well, okay, you know, you're not a reporter. Well, if I do that, I'm fired, you know, Nikki and JP, you're losing your jobs too. So do you guys have any, any pet peeves about with anything like that? I think, I don't lose, first of all, I don't lose a ton of sleep over that. It's just something that always kind of. Yeah. And this you. is, and like I, I say this, I understand the reason behind aggregation. Yeah, I, I yeah. get it. You know, um, it, it bothers me only when, you know, credit's not given all that i really don't pay that much attention to right. credit it bothers me more when your reporting is recirculated as something that's incorrect it's not what you reported and then it gets changed multiple times so like by the end of the day you know you could see a headline based on your report that is not anything what you on, on major on a major on a major I, site I that, that has three initials yeah. <laughs> yes. I mean, I hate when that happens because then, you know, players, coaches, they'll see it. They'll get mad at you. And you're like, that's, that's not what I wrote. That's not what I reported. Um, but you know, that's, that's part of the business anymore. I think that's, that's a lot of, um, you know, the, the result of Twitter and, you know, the 24 seven news cycle, um, you know, is everybody's trying to get a piece of everything. So, but that is one that is just unfortunate, especially with no locker room time to kind of address these in person. Yeah, I mean, both those things, certainly. Um, kind of the that whole, like, blurry line of crediting and aggregating. And it's weird, like, as somebody that has done plenty of that, you know what I mean? Like, you kind of have to do all of these things. And ideally, you know how to do them appropriately. Mm -hmm. uh, but not everyone does or not everyone cares, I, I think. Um, I feel like a lot of the little stuff out there has gotten a lot better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Honestly, um, like as far as like interacting with the team and, and, and all of that. And, none, and I will say this, like none of that stuff truly is like, it doesn't cause me any of it. Sometimes it's like ugh, more yeah. than anything else. It's just a minor, minor thing. I mean, and then the whole life of the, my whole life thing is like, you don't really spend a lot of time thinking about it. I mean, for me, I think if I had a pet, a pet peeve, it'd be like, I, if people disagree, I'm happy to be disagreed yeah. with. I'm happy to admit when I'm wrong, but like the nasty stuff you get on social media and I might open myself up to more of that, but that stuff sucks. Well, and I got it. I got it last week on Instagram because I, I died. I showed a play where against the Packers that fourth down and three where McLaurin beats a guy off the line. Right. And he is open and they had to throw the out route and it gets broken up. If he continues down the field, it's a touchdown. But they didn't have that option on that play further down the field. You would have. And if they had worked together more, then McLaurin's throwing his hand up and 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 Heineke's just hitting him. But they didn't have that, so he threw it out. So a guy on Instagram didn't like my analysis, which was based on talking to people there. I'm not going hard with something unless I know for sure that this is what happened. 
So, and I even talked to McLaurin about this. So I talked to it, but a guy basically started insulting me right away for it. I'm like, just ask me what, just, I'm happy to, I love talking football. And you say, why did you say this? Could it be this? I would say no, because this is blah, blah, blah. But don't insult me right away. Just ask. I'm happy to talk. You know, that's, totally. that's you know, but anyway, well, listen, I appreciate you guys coming on talking about this. Just wanted to give some people a different uh, topic to hear rather than just all the other stuff going on that isn't always as fun. So I appreciate you guys joining me for this one. Yeah, this is fun. Happy to do it. That's it for this episode. I'll be back with another episode early next week as we look ahead to the second half of the season. Thanks to Nikki and JP for joining me and thank you as always for listening. Talk to you next time.